Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with Simon Blair and Emma Doyle, the show that explores how to coach for success in both sport and business. Simon is owner and founder of Five Degrees and is a customer experience coach specializing in sales and customer service for contact centers. Emma is a performance coach, mentor and speaker with more than 20 years experience in coach education, both in Australia and around the world. In this episode of The Coaching Podcast, I have the absolute privilege of interviewing Claude Silver, VaynerMedia's Chief Heart Officer. For Claude, this is the capstone of a career focused on guiding client relationships, global brand strategies, operations and management. Her passion is facilitating growth and change in people, teams and companies. Her dedication is to helping people find meaning in what they are doing and guiding colleagues in how to identify and remove roadblocks. At VaynerMedia, Claude cultivates the heart of the agency's success, its people. With a purview that includes staff relations, development, recruitment and retention, each practice is underscored by Claude's drive to unlock the inner professional potential of every VaynerMedia employee. Vegemite, love it or hate it? Outstanding. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Not for me. As a result, uh, you need to tell us about what you would consider to be your worst coaching experience. Um, that could be as a coachee yourself um, or more recent times as a, as a coach in various roles. What would you consider to be the worst experience you've ever had? The worst experience I ever had was um, when I was 20 years old and I was on a, a semester-long Outward Bound course. Um, and I was day two in, it was snowing. It was 14. We were climbing a 14,000 foot peak and I had about 80 pounds on my back and I was crying mm. and I started to sing nine inch nails head like a hole in my head and, uh, completely self-destructed. I could not facilitate my own growth and change. I couldn't get myself out of that really dark, dark place. That's the worst coaching experience I have ever had in my entire life. I hope I never go back there. And can you imagine singing head like a hole, black as your soul, da 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 da, da while you're trying to, you know, traverse this intense peak? Not the most that, uplifting piece of music. Exactly. <laughs> it was not Vivaldi's, four, you know, four seasons, no. so... Um, well, tell us about your best. What's your best experience uh, as a coach or coachee? Yeah, I, my best experience is, um, is pretty much here every day, I have to say. is uh, I'm going to look at my notes here for a second, but the best experience I really have is, is when I'm sitting with someone and I get to see them light up and I get to see something click with them I get to see that they're hungry for more. They want to stay. They want to play with me. Um, and it's in those moments that you are looking at another person and they say, they say something. And I'm the one that ends up getting chills because yeah. there's been like a spark. There's been a massive connection. And um, I'm really fortunate to be able to have that experience often here at Vayner. Yeah, that's uh, that's brilliant. I'm sure all of our coaches uh, and our audience can relate to those moments. Isn't that what we're all searching for? Um, to get that as much as we can. So, leads me to our sliding doors question. And you touched on this previously, but I suppose is there a moment or moments in time that really stand out for you in your career where you made a decision that fundamentally shifted, you know, your career? Would have been quite different if you chose 
And if you had a different, made a different choice, you turn left, could have gone right. Yeah, what's, yeah. Uh, what stands out for you? The first one I already mentioned, which is when I was studying to be a psychotherapist and I did take that left turn and yeah. went into the world of, of digital, this digital world. But, but more recently, and by recently I mean back to 2009, I was offered, um, uh, I was working in San Francisco at a company called J. Walter Thompson, JWT. It's another advertising agency. Um, and I was offered the opportunity to move to London. And I had four days to decide. So to uproot my entire life um, and to go move to London and start up a, uh, a digital practice within um, that agency. And I had a very robust life in San Francisco. I had been there for 16 years, had loads of friends, was in a relationship. And, um, and the answer was yes. And my life literally went whoop and has never been the same since. Fantastic. And it was a great decision. Fantastic. Excellent example. So um, in three words or less, what qualities do you think, and, I, uh, and I'm, I'm going to preempt this because I already, I'm, I've got in my head a list that I've pre-prepared as what I think you're going to say, and we can compare notes afterwards. Um, so three words or less, what qualities do you think are most important to be great as a coach? Okay. Well, the first one starts with a P. Do any of yours start with a P? Actually, no. <laughs> Sorry. The first one is patience. Right. Okay. I'm writing that down. Patience. The second one starts with an E. Oh, I know what that one is. Yes. Empathy. <laughs> Empathy. And the third one starts with an A. Action. Action. Brilliant. Patience, empathy, and action. That's a powerful combination. I had listening, empathy, self-awareness. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm totally with you there. I uh, could have said that. If you, if, I, if you had called me yesterday, I would have said that probably. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. It's so good to be back. You've been overseas, haven't you? I have, absolutely. I had um, this. This trip was probably one of the best experiences of my life, which is a pretty big call. Uh, but from a career perspective, I had the opportunity to be one of the opening speakers at the She Rallies, uh, which was an all-female coaches conference in Birmingham in the UK, and it was an incredible day. And the final speaker was Caroline McHugh, who's a, a Scottish Buddhist monk. And <laughs> Caroline and for me, Claude Silver, our, our guest on the show today, these are two female role models who I feel completely inspired by. And um, I'm so excited to talk about her interview today. So thank. while I was away, obviously, you, you did an incredible job to get her on the show, Simon. How did you know? Uh, uh, well, well, we'll talk about that uh, later because I think there's a, there's a right place for that. But I had to, uh, yeah, be a bit bold and take some action and overcome a little bit of fear. And um, But there's a, a bit of a story to tell in that. So Oh, I look forward to, um, to asking you about that later on. So should we get started on the, on, you know, She's not a fan of Vegemite. No. But hang on. So before we before we jump in, 
I want to just a bit of context. So Claude is um, Gary Vaynerchuk's right hand woman, and I'm sure plenty of you are aware of Gary Vaynerchuk. He is basically the rock star, biggest social media guy in the world right now in terms of for entrepreneurs and to um, yeah, he puts content out every single day. If you haven't followed him or digested his material, get on it. It'll make a lot of sense in terms of the conversation I had with Claude. Plus, there was a hell of a lot more that Claude and I talked about, which we're going to use for bonus content. Oh, fantastic. Um, But in particular, what led me to get Claude on is uh, a particular video that Gary put out, which was basically a documentary expose on Claude. It was the first time he really in-depth profiled his own staff within his company, VaynerMedia. And I sent that video to you, uh, Emma, before you even knew I had actually interviewed Claude because <laughs> you were busy running around, swanning around the, the world yes. as uh, the, the globetrotter that you are. Yes. Meanwhile, I was doing all the hard work back here. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and do, the, re- do you remember uh, what happened as soon as I watched it? Uh, well, you rang me up. Immediately. Immediately. And there was a lot of emotion going on there. Share with our listeners your response to to that video. And by the way, we will share that video on our Facebook page. Oh, fantastic. Um, So anyone, if you're not already a a member of the the Coaching Podcast Facebook group, jump on, type it in, ask to join. We'll add you as a member and this is sort of uh, extra content you can get. So yeah, tell us about your response. I just said to you, she has, we have to get her on the show, I, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, and little did I know that... I had a quiet that, g- giggle to myself. That <laughs> had already occurred. Uh, yeah, I was instantly, um, I guess, drawn in just through that, uh, you know, that um, the clip and I uh, thought I want to meet her. And, and of course, fortunately for me, for me, she's a tennis fan and, not, and, and a bit of a, it sounds like a bit of a, uh, you know, used to play at quite a very good level. And so she said she'd like to ask me a few tennis questions. Claude, I'm open for any of your tennis questions anytime. So, so stay tuned for part two. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, happy birthday, by the way, Simon. Oh, thank you. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd better throw, throw that one in there. It's, 45 uh, years young. Yeah. Not afraid of my age. Yeah. Confront it head on. Oh, and um, Caroline McHugh said that, you know, we, we get the lines that we deserve. And I, I love that. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and it, <laughs> any, any of our listeners know Simon does have this kind of cute, cheeky laugh thing, you know, that, that's that's very... Um, so I've got laugh lines. Very, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. What a, what a good thing to have. Yeah, there's a reason I do uh, podcasting and uh, not videos. <laughs> well, actually, I do as well, but... <laughs> okay. Sorry, I've caught you off Back to there. the Vegemite. <laughs> Vegemite question. She's not a fan. Not a fan. Who is? Who is in our international guest? No, we've had a few. Few and far between. No, no, no. Um, You know, but I think we, I love that the, you know, when we ask somebody about their worst coaching experience, I love that the lessons that I learned from that. And for me, what resonates straight away is the private inner voice, that Mm. little voice inside your head that tells you, you know, whether you can or can't do something. Which and sometimes can become a big voice. Well, especially if you're listening to grunge, early 90s, nine-inch nails. While climbing a mountain. Can you? I mean, at 14,000 feet, 80 pounds on your back. Blowing a gale. And, you know, maybe um, because, look, look, I know... 
that I can imagine you probably were a fan of that style of music. Uh, um, what, what makes you say that? Well, I have heard you strum the guitar and uh, you, you, you're fantastic. I just wouldn't, yeah. you know, it's probably where we're a little bit opposite with our, with our choice yeah, of Yeah, definitely music opposite. I'm way, much, I'm way cooler. Yeah, no, I, well, it's, uh, that's in the, um, the eyes of the, I, the, the I grew listener. up, I was uh, post high school, I finished mm. high school in 89, so those early 90s, uh, that era of, um, of Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Nine Inch Nails, Soundgarden, uh, and then t- transition to Britpop, Oasis, and uh, Blur, and all those yeah. right up my alley. I, so well, I actually for... get uplifted by this sort of music. And yeah. <laughs> I, I was more dreams can come true. Oh yeah, okay, there we go. there we go, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Should, but just just we'll to... let you be the judge. Post your comments to our Facebook group. Let, let's let's. I, I think it is important though. Just to why don't we actually play the track that she's referring well, to? Well, I've I've already prepared it. Oh, you have. Were you in Claude Silver's headspace from, you know, many, many years ago, climbing a mountain, yeah. <laughs> listening to... The, what what, what, well, what, what was that the, lyric? Yeah, how about that line? You are going to get what you deserve. Now, I've been in, the, as you know, the tennis industry for over 20 years, and there has been some times where I've... I've when I was even a player, you know, when you're down, you're going, yep, you deserve this, uh-huh. Yep, if you play, you couldn't play any worse and you are going to get what you deserve. Hang on, in my experience with that sort of mindset, you think you're at rock bottom, there's always another layer. Correct, correct. And so this is a huge part of of what I believe in in relation to being a um, in being a coach. One of the roles is to help the client or the player for me strengthen that private inner voice how do we reframe their language how do we continue to get them to focus like stay in the present but focus on a futuristic possibility so what is possible what can they do what is within their control and how do we um, assist that process and you know Otherwise, they start to mimic even the coach's language. If the coach focuses on what's, you know, all the elements of, you know, especially tennis, I mean, the wind and, the you know, the mm. sun's in my eyes. The things and, outside of your control. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think really at the end of the day, we do get what we deserve based on what our private inner voice is saying. Yeah. Uh, what's the, is it Henry Ford? I love think, thinking of random quotes that come to mind based on what you say emma henry ford was it you are well, could have been someone else um you are basically what you think yes yes don't quote me on the henry ford one i'm yes. sure so yeah. our listeners will you, tell me he yes. did he said something else about horses versus i don't know anyway but yeah you are what you think yes you are, and there's variations of that yes. quote 
Oh, well, how about um, where your attention goes, your energy flows? Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you know, this is this is really true. So that, that was a, a fantastic story. And then, of course, when we asked her her best coaching moments, she's, she's just referring to every day when someone's sitting across from her and she sees them light up and they want to reach for more. Mm. And if I could just pick up on again, just in, in language, you know you know how yes. I, I love my language, my little words, I just picked up on, she said, they want to play, mm. as in play. Oh, love that. Yeah. And um, it's it's a, that growth mindset as, as well, isn't it? And oh, Totally. And the word play just totally resonates with, um, you know, I, I work with a lot of coaches that – uh, especially, you know, in the tennis world that, you know, they'll, they'll do a warm up and then they'll work on forehand and then backhand. And, you know, usually it's actually Boring. just, just exactly. <laughs> and then they go, now we're going to finish with a fun game. Oh yes. What an absolute Insert joke. fun activity here. Yeah, 1980. Um, and I spent a lot of time actually trying to say, okay, play starts from the minute they walk on the court. And how do you embed that in that entire process for them to want to, you know, set an environment where they want to learn? Absolutely. Well, you know, the equivalent of that is in the in the business context, in the classic training room environment for um, for um, in organisations, and it's the classic icebreaker. You know, insert the icebreaker at the very start of the session because you've got to warm them up, and then in your breaks or when you come off a break, have the icebreaker. And yes, there is a place for that. But mm, I like to make the actual training, the actual coaching, the development of skills and mindset and behavior like an icebreaker. Yes. And if it's not actually working in that in terms of triggering mm. those emotions, mm. then actually I'm not doing what I could be doing. And, mm. it's, and I don't know. It's just not as effective. So that whole playing, I like to, for me, it's going back to what we talked about earlier around the music, uh, rock and roll. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Come on, let's let's bring it. Let's dance. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to challenge you and give you stuff and you're going to respond. You might even object to what I'm doing and even challenge me and I'm going to come back at you. But absolutely in a positive growth mindset, full of empathy, but yeah. let's rock and roll. Let's yeah. have that friction. Let's have that byplay and yeah, have fun with it even when it's challenging and even when it's difficult. And the learning that comes from that and I think that's often different for people, certainly in corporate environments, where often it's stayed. We got to, we don't do that around here. What it means to be professional, normally what that means is people are too boring, you know? Yes. Um, and, yeah, so let's play. Seeing them light up, that's mm. what it's about. Where's mm. that spark? Energy, mm. transference of energy. Yeah, and, you know, I'm really of the philosophy that, I want to make myself redundant as a coach, you know, as, a, as yes. a, how do I, how do I provide um, the, the tools in the, you know, the, or the environment for them to uh, learn and develop um, their own tools so that, you know, they, they could easily go out on that match court and they, they're, they're resilient and they're able to be out there and face the elements. Cause you know, it, the game of tennis, it's chaotic and you have to be able to adapt in, in different situations. And, you know, I want to be able to, as a, as a coach, that's one of my greatest compliments when the player says, you know what, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and, but it's almost like, 
I also love that she said, but also that they want to stay because they want to reach for more or reach higher and continue to grow. So I think, I think great leaders do that well. You're listening to The Coaching Podcast, brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in call quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. Visit Five Degrees, spelled F-I-V-E, at fivedegrees.com.au to find out how you can supercharge your sales and customer service efforts. And The Coaching Podcast, also brought to you with thanks to Emma Doyle, international speaker, mentor, and performance coach, specialising in communication, women in leadership, and coach education for players, parents, clubs, schools and coaches right around the world. Visit emmadoyle.com.au and discover your inner coach today. So sliding doors, yes. she has this moment where, well, not moment, she has four days <laughs> to consider. Massive decision. Do you, you know, uproot your entire life and shift to a brand new country? And she did. And it was one of the best decisions that she's mm. made. And I, I love the, the coaching tool um, when you can make a, a decisive decision by just asking yourself three simple questions. What's the best thing that could happen if I do this? Mm. What is the worst thing that could happen if I do this? And what is the most likely thing that could happen? And as you know, Simon, I'm, I'm big into um, gut, asking the gut as the as the you know tapping into that that final question yep. the most likely what's the possibility and placing your hands on the gut and you'll begin to breathing so i've i've yep. been working on that thanks to your 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 great Just advice listen to previous episodes if you want uh, on air instruction for yes. diaphragmatic breathing yes um and you know for me the gut really is what provides a lot of of, of my um you know my great decisions and, and, and they're just choices at the end of the day as well, mm. aren't they? And I think, you know, as, as we know, fear is one of the biggest things that, that holds us back. Well, <laughs> going back to what I said at the top of the show around what triggered me to get how the story around getting Claude uh, oh, yes. interviewed. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I actually applied that very same process now that you mentioned the words without realising it at the time in terms of the best, the worst, and what's most likely. So I had, as soon as I was watching the expose on Claude that Gary V put out and, um, you know, she she was talking about we're here to serve in my role, that's what I do. Sorry, as, sorry, I have to jump in. Yeah. You have mentioned serve a couple of times. I'm just wondering, have you have you been working on your serve? <laughs> sorry. Service, service. Oh, yes. Sorry. Um, sorry. And no, I haven't. I'm still waiting for my free lesson. But <laughs> I guess it I'm, is your birthday. Hmm, one, that's good. I'm sure I'll get a voucher or something. <laughs> um, but she dropped the word coach. And, and at that point, in terms of referring to herself, and it was in that moment I instantly, because I was already hooked in and engaged and thinking that she's just awesome, I love it. And when she mentioned that, I thought, I've got to get her on the show. Yes. And and I knew how. And I knew in terms how? of taking a bold, a bold action. Twitter. Uh, ah. Taking from Gary V, one of the very specific actions he says to people around, you got to you know, Tell idea to execute. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just So on learning. Twitter, when you, you know, you can post images, you click the camera icon, yes. you can actually just select a, a, a photo, say from your phone library, uh, where you can act, um, select video ah, as well. And okay. a, most people don't realize this. I've never tried that. So to break through in terms of creating a human connection uh, and to rep- truly represent yourself more than the 140 character limit, 
take a little video of yourself and send it to someone. So if it's in reply to a nice comment someone's left you, send a video message in reply. The level of engagement, emotional response you get from the watcher is massive just by taking that little step. I tried that 12 months earlier with someone else. I managed to actually connect with the CEO of a big company in Australia, uh, taking the same approach, but I hadn't really done it since then. And I knew that was how I had to somehow break through. And stand out. Stand out, be myself, Mm. be Mm. genuine. just Authentic. Authentic, validate what I just watched in terms of I've derived value from the fact that this is being produced and you've put yourself out there on, on camera. That's done something for me um, and it's resonating with me. So a great way to just tell you that. And at the same time, just I would love for you to be on the show. Ask the question. Nothing more, nothing less. Mm, mm. And so I did it. But but it took me, I went from, yes, I'm going to do it, to then another couple of minutes of talking myself out of it because of worst case scenario and the fear. And just, I suppose, fear of total rejection. I think I was afraid of just crickets, silence, (laughs) get no response. Yes. And... But what's most likely to happen? Well, the most likely thing is, when I did the evaluation, is that she'll be appreciative of the fact that I bothered to even just put myself out there and give her feedback and validate what she'd done. And if that's all it was, because she's busy and I'm just we're just a little podcast show that's trying to be big, <laughs> uh, but we're early days, we, that, that's okay. Yes, Yes. And so you took action. I took action and it became mm. best case. Mm. Mm. She actually gladly yes. said, I'd love to be on your show. Yes. And how's, it, how's the um, the title, by the way? Oh, Chief Heart Officer. Have you ever heard such a title? I haven't. I, what, haven't. I mean, what that just conveys in just words, in yes. language, instantly. And yes. it just fits, just fits her, yes. fits what Vayner Nation, it's the Vayner Nation, that's the, the, the Vayner Media is the company, that's that's uh, the cult, Gary V's philosophy and culture, and which is full of empathy. To me, that's what that role is. Yes. And uh, she talks about even the marriage between them, you know, that they're such a good fit, you know, the partnership. Yes. Gary is the hustle and she's the heart. Um, but I, to be honest, yes, Gary's all about hustle, that's, you know, which is all about just act. Do the work. Get it done. You can't fake it. Get it done. Put in the hard yards. Make it happen. It ain't going to just come to you. But the reason Gary is massive is because he is full of heart. Yeah. And people don't know that when they first First, encounter him because he's raw. He's cut through. He keeps it real and it's language and but it's him and first impressions. But you scratch the surface with a little bit more watching and he's empathy personified. Mm, and mm. that is the key to his well, success. And that translates to obviously creating this role and getting someone like Claude to, to do it proves that. Mm, mm. And, um, well, I'm just so wrapped you did. Um, so, awesome job, Simon. So, so impressed. And, of course, the interview went for a lot longer than just our, our standard questions. Yeah, so and, um, of course, we're going we're gonna to add that as as part of our bonus content and just if I could just pick up on one thing that really just jumped out at me from from that extra bonus content is she made the the line humans are humans are humans and yes. I was like hang on I just needed to take a minute just to process that and uh well it reminds me of what the previous episode with Tim Simons oh yes, uh, yes. one of our earlier Around, episodes where yes. he actually uh, so Tim is a business consultant and his specific coaching service is with individuals within organizations, but tackling the personal 
as well as the business because you can't separate the two. Mm. And anyone who mm. thinks, you know, traditional management thinking, business thinking is that they're somehow, you know, it's only business, it ain't personal. Yeah, excuse me, bullshit. Yes, yes. Yeah. And as you know, uh, I... Um, started a, a tennis you know does your personality match your game style a, a corporate business and a big part of that was um, you know getting people first of all have some self-awareness and then learn about their team so you know team awareness to walk away with that winning strategy because you know as we know to get a return on your investment equals an improvement on your relationships that's that's a proven formula yes and so every time I've actually done this exercise in, in boardrooms and on tennis courts, uh, what I find is that around 70% of the time, it, it does. So if, let's take um, one of my profiles, for example. Um, so there's the uh, the consistent player, the crowd pleaser, the aggressive baseliner, yep. and the all-court player. And like, so the all-court player um, is, is your Rafael Nadal style of, you know, information needs to be precise, uh, interest in statistics, a deep thinker mm. and give me the data. I need to process yeah, exactly. all so the inputs. You, and yeah. So if you're going to have a meeting with that type of personality, make sure you give them an agenda in advance so they have mm. time to think about it. Yep. Structure. Yep. S- structure. And so if, if you are that way, more that way inclined, being in a role that's suited to that, is you're going to enjoy it more. You're going to enjoy what you do. And humans are humans are humans. And and just understanding that within um, within your team can make a huge difference on you know communication, um, etc. And that's the you know when we talk about diversity and Claude does that. Oh, um, she does. You know, she talks about embracing the yeah, differences, doesn't she? And not like tokenism. Yeah, we're a diverse organisation, and we're going to put it on our no. bloody website that we're yeah. You know, yes. Real diversity is actually not about yeah race. Color, creed, anything like that. Yeah, that's part of it. But it's it's about individuals. Whoever you are, whatever you bring, exactly as you're saying, the to get the best out of you needs a tailored individual approach. And a, and a, and the ear of a coach and managers and leaders in an organization, or in, in a sporting organization or a business organization, mm. to tap into each individual because everyone mm, is different. Different, and they also change. You know, certainly there's dominant. Things like the example you gave, I could mm. be data-driven because I need to make more rational in my mind, logical decisions yes. versus someone Left else brain. is more sp- spontaneous and right brain. But you know what? Depending on stresses and situations, often we switch modes, you know, and mm. so the environment has to support the differences within people, but also the variable aspects of that across a day a week a month and as they grow that changes and especially if you've got a as she talks about they've got a young workforce as that matures how do you how does the it's an organism yes the organization as an organism how does that keep moving evolve evolution Mm. Mm. generations evolution it's adaptability nothing is ever static and Mm. it's always changing so effective leaders effective coaches Mm. have to be able to adapt to the human element so yes. taking it back, humans are humans, humans, yeah. In any context, that's the common equation. Yes. Yeah? Yes. And and for me, that's that's my takeaway yes. from from that mindset. Um, and so therefore, and on a can, can yeah. I just insert a funny side note? Uh, I am a little bit jet lagged. Um, <laughs> it was up at three a.m. wide awake, so decided to get up and write an entire course content. Actually, it was it was kind of a bit bizarre, but um, you know, and then obviously. I, I tried to write you a birthday card today. <laughs> oh, I got to get the birthday card. I got to read this out. You keep talking. I'm going to take my headphones off. Um, it was a moment where 
you know, as we know. I'm back, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm back now. I've got a card. <laughs> so, as you, as you just mentioned, jet lag. Uh, so I'm just going to read out the, the back end of Emma's message. It was lovely, absolutely lovely. And, um, Thank you for everything you do. May you continue to touch the ground with your feet and reach for the stars. <laughs> of course I meant may you continue to reach for the stars with your feet on the ground. But you know what? Number one, touch the ground with your feet. I've got that. I'm, I'm all over that one. I reckon I've got that one covered. <laughs> it's a, it is about being grounded, isn't it? It's dream big, but be grounded, be authentic. And isn't that just hilarious that that actually came out of me subconsciously? Well, you actually mentioned on the uh, previous episode someone that uh, is it someone that acts as a mentor for you or someone you're connected with who literally gets grounded by putting her feet actually on the earth, yes. bare, barefoot. Yes, it's yes. actually a lot to be said for that. Um, yes, in terms of literally touching the sense the senses that. Um, from through your feet, anyway. Correct. So correct. that's I'll I'll be um, making sure I walk around shoeless for a while. <laughs> Let's move on to what but makes thank a great you, coach. Emma. It was amazing. <laughs> Embrace differences, I think, was the was the point there. But um, yeah. what makes a great coach? So I like that she uh, she gave you a little test there, Simon, with her with her letters uh, P, E, and A. One out of three ain't bad. Yeah, and uh, let's let's maybe start with the the E empathy. Well, empathy is the cornerstone of everything I do. I think, to be honest, I mean, we've talk, we talk about this a lot, don't we? It's the cornerstone of leadership, emotional intelligence, to be effective as a coach, as a leader, yes. in pretty much most, as a parent, most aspects of life. Yes. If, if empathy is not a strong point, it's going to limit you in a lot of ways. Absolutely. and it, it in, in terms of trying to influence people, I suppose, and influence behavior and affect change and positive growth yes. in others. And it leads beautifully into my favorite coaching um, definition, which is coaching equals people management plus teaching. And that people management side of it, first and foremost, I mean, if you honestly, if you had have taken a lesson from me back in chapter one, uh, there wasn't a lot of empathy. I mean, and I did the best I could probably at the time with the skills that I had, which was no really, uh, you know, no understanding that I needed really to understand who you were first as a person. So it was all about you basically. And it was. All your was, knowledge and experience yeah, and expertise and, and, and I'm, I'm an expert yeah. and I need to just get it out there. Yeah, and, and a bit of verbal diarrhea and yep. I just already thought I knew what you needed because you just rung up and said you're a beginner and I was like, okay, well, I need to teach you, you make how to hit a forehand. Yep. And... If you have a lesson, actually, could I share with you an exercise that I, I haven't really done this before um, in in previous workshops, but when I was in the UK, I had the coaches uh, get into groups of three and I literally did a, an exercise in empathy to walk in the other person's shoes. Mm. So it was the first person would, um, first you would calibrate their walk. So you would just watch um, uh, visually, just pick up on, on, on their walk. And then the second person would then walk with that, with that person. So they would mm. almost follow about two meters behind. And then the third person would then coach, coach the, the follower and in relation, of course, in a positive way. So it would be comments around, for example, um, just 
slightly relax your right shoulder in order to mimic yeah, to, the, the yes, front person copy yep, exactly yep. and um you know maybe extend the length of your gait or you know so yep. uh, of course not too many instructions but just picking up on you know one to a maximum of three things to help coach that that second person and then to ask the question of the second person how did that feel to mm. walk in that person's shoes and the the information that came out of that exercise was extremely powerful Mm, and 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 then i even said you know um i do a lot of work around helping um coaches how to coach girls more effectively so i gave took that then that that exercise and said you know when the player even walks onto your court if you can even start to be observant of that walk it will provide you with so much information about Mm. how you know how you need to tailor the session and what kind of environment you need to create so it was a really cool exercise in empathy well yeah literally that that copying the the behavior to Mm. to replicate to to feel emotionally i suppose feel that what that Mm. other person's doing by actual physical activity yes um there's there's a whole lot of stuff in that isn't it in terms of physical behavior drives the the uh the right headspace um something quickly just similar i actually do uh well, an activity that I do in my training sessions or if I've got senior managers, because uh, ultimately what the value I bring is a customer perspective. Yeah? Yes. And so that's about empathy. The ability to empathize with your customer, i.e. see things from their side of the fence, is the key to success in sales and customer service. Yeah. Yes. And to be honest, organizational success. Or to be honest, as a leader, as a manager of staff, you know, or as a coach, that's, that's the key. Yeah. So uh, How do you do that? I make live calls. I say, right, we're going to make a call now to your company. I'm going to be the customer. You tell me what my situation is, what my need is, what's prompting me to pick up the phone. And I start dialing the number, put it on hands-free, ask them to be quiet, and instantly, and then actually have a call, have an interaction as a customer with their own organization while they're in the room listening to it. You know, the quickest way to rip them out of their internal business operational focus into the headspace of, of one of their customers. Yes, and you know how, great exercise. And mm. Which is, blows me away for most big service organizations where their interaction is often over the phone, and yet how little do managers actually tap into that and listen to those interactions mm. or even experience it themselves. Mm. Mm. And uh, the quickest way, you know, I could stand there for half an hour going blah, 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 blah. Mm. How about we just make a call? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so instant empathy for yes. their own um, customers and that therefore when it comes to devising strategies and actions for improvement, uh, obviously it's imbued with that customer orientation. Mm. The letter P, patience. Yes. Uh, I just want to pick up on, again, you know, I think I, I mentioned about you know, chapter one, if you had a lesson off me, I apologize now uh, about my verbal diarrhea. And um, uh, I love one of my um, favorite things now in my coaching toolkit in, in chapter two is the power of the pause. Mm, hang on, let's just... Pause. Can I share something that's actually really firing my neurology and physiology in a, in the most... Um, inspiring way and I'm and the reason it's even triggered me to, to go, share go this with it. you if I can and if I get accepted so there's a lot of fear around what I'm about to say but I am preparing for my first ever TED talk wow 
And the power of the pause is going to be really important. And having patience in my own learning of going through this process from complete fear, as we've, we've touched on that already, to going, I don't know if I can do this, to actually putting in the application. And, and I asked, uh, I had, the, had the, the moment where I was at um, Andy Murray's hotel. It's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful, by the way, um, in near Glasgow, about an hour north of Glasgow, I think it's north, actually. Don't quote me on that. Um, near Dublin, it's called Cromlex, and it's just a gorgeous old building. And so, I'm, I'm having dinner, and I've, I've looked up the, you know, the topic is perfect with what I do, which is lead or follow is is the theme of the, you know, the next TED talk in Glasgow. And so I built up that courage to ask Judy Murray, and I said, you know, I've known her now for a, a little while, and I, I said, would you nominate me as as a TED talk speaker at this next event? And uh, like she quite often does, she, she wow. was thinking, So you actually asked for it? Absolutely. Wow. I said, Brilliant. you know what? <laughs> I need to put myself in the uncomfortable. Oh, listeners, sorry. I'm just saying there's a whole, every episode from now to your TED Talk, we're going to be checking in progress. And how about we ask our audience to help you out as we put your journey out there. Let's get you guys to- Feedback, help yeah. Let's yeah, give feedback. You use our Facebook group for that. It'd be tremendous. Yeah. Wow, Emma, that is so exciting. And if I could just share, I had that moment where where Judy's, you know, she's she was thinking, you know, I could see she was thinking and straight away I went to, oh, my God, she doesn't think I'm ready. She doesn't think I'm good enough. Mm. And, yeah, and, worst case scenario. And I said straight away, I, I did, I threw it out. I just said, do you not think I'm ready? And she said, oh, no, don't be daft. <laughs> okay, that was a bit Irish, but... You know, she goes, no, I was just thinking about who I need to contact, you know, who who, <laughs> who asked me to, you know, because she's obviously done one and, and done a, you know, done a fantastic yeah, yeah. job. And, and so, you know, she was, she was, it's funny that I went straight to, oh, she doesn't mm. think I'm ready. So, and, uh, so Emma, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think you're ready? As we sit here right now, I feel that I am ready with my with regards to my storytelling and my ability to speak and engage an audience and i'm definitely not ready with with what i'm actually going to say uh, uh, I've con- the, the content's the easy bit that's the easy bit yeah. the hard bit is what you you are confident in yeah so if you feel you're ready in terms of style of presentation to get up there on a stage which is four years by the way of dedicated yeah. practice yeah. um well sorry four years of speaking on in on an international scale but you know, when you're a coach, uh, you, you've, I've been performing for twenty over 20 years. So. so one of the things around patience, yeah, it's taking you back to that. And, yes. and in you talking about you started this by mentioning the power of the pause. That's yes. something I teach and actually demonstrate in a quite radical way in my training sessions. Um, now, what was interesting, and those listening will have picked up on this, and feel free to rewind and go back and, and re-listen. But when you, as soon as you started talk, mentioning pausing, from that point on, certainly the next minute of your delivery after that had a lot of pauses, and I'm demonstrating it right now, inserted in between words, phrases. It had a very different rhythm to the way you've been speaking so far on this show. And it, showed, and it actually draws you in so the pause draws the listener in and makes you sound more you're considering your thoughts you're very deliberate in what you're about to say 
and it's uh, very makes it more interesting to listen to. And what's something I need to work on? So was that a deliberate thing? Was that a deliberate thing you did? Yeah, it was, and it's something I do need to work on because of. And I think you're a bit similar to me in terms of we both get really excited about, no. you know, the speakers and the content and we're, so, you know, I passions. don't know what you're talking and, about. And especially, Emma. you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, you're hilarious. Um, <laughs> the way that our minds go off on, on tangents and, and we often do on this show, but, uh, you know, the creativity is, is being able to actually. Control it. Yes. And Control it in the moment. And be specific with the message and, and A, take action. Which yes. is what I'm doing. You're I'm did taking it. action. I got and Claude you, in this show. I from, was just about to say. I had to take action. I did it. Pay yes. off. Massive. Thank you so much, Claude. Yes. Speaking of which, should we, should we now move on to... Her question. Claude, yeah. Claude's question for us. And finally, do you have a question that you'd like to ask uh, Emma and myself and for the, on, the, on the podcast as well as uh, for, our, for our audience of coaches? Yeah. I really do. It's around motivation and, and athletic motivation, sports motivation, work motivation. How do, how do you motivate someone from a lull, from neutral, from that place of whether or not they can't, uh, can't get to the gym in the morning because they just can't get the gym clothes on and walk out the door to, um, yeah, to, to motiv- motivating them to, um, to become a student in something, but, but really just how do you motivate from ground zero? Yeah. Terrific. Um, that's a great place to leave it. Thank you, Claude Silva. Really appreciate your time. Um, been an absolute pleasure. Uh, this might have to be a two hour podcast. (laughs) There's so much uh, stuff to talk about. Um, and good luck with everything that you're doing uh, and the inspiration you're providing, not only internally, but now externally. You've got a public profile. How are you dealing with that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm tempted to uh, open up my Instagram. It's the one place that I keep, like, personal pictures. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. I've, I've, been, um, I've been in awe and incredibly humbled um, to meet you and to be on this podcast and to um, to be able to reach people uh, inside of VaynerMedia and outside. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for reaching out to me um, in, in true Ga- uh, Gary Vaynerchuk style with a, uh, a video tweet. I, well, um, I, I can credit Gary with that specifically, yeah. that, that advice. On New, Year's, on New Year's Day, in fact, I believe. <laughs> yes. And, uh, <laughs> And I'm just so glad we got the opportunity to meet and I hope we get to talk again. Brilliant. I'll take you up on that offer. Thank you, Claude Silva. Appreciate your time. So her question, as we've just heard, around motivation, how do you motivate somebody from a place of neutral or from... Ground zero. Ground zero, yeah. Mm. To me, that's... I'm in that situation a lot with what I do because uh, a lot of the clients I have are big organizations and they engage me to measure the behavior of all of their staff and then coach all of their staff, Uh, whether that's managers, say team leaders in a call center or the staff that have the conversations with customers. And a fair chunk of these staff don't necessarily want to be participants in the whole process. And so you get that resistance. 
Yes. And or just they're because they're polite and friendly and they'll go through the motions, but you know they're at uh, they're at that ground zero. They don't have they're not motivated themselves. Yes. And so my job in those moments is to find a way to trigger that inner motivation because you can't force it. It's got to come from the person to, to help work through the initial discussions and feedback. And the way I do that, the what's in it for me, the classic with them. If they can't, W-I-F-M, if they can't establish in their own mind some benefit to be derived from going through this process with me because there's no it's no short-term fix you know it's often multi-year sort of journeys that i take these people on um and that's that's that i actually really enjoy that that part of it the challenge of finding that spark within someone who is ground zero and and how you do that is through conversations the essence of good coaching which is about asking good questions and open questions yes. rather than closed so they talk and express themselves. And if you suspect they're resistant, they're resistant or they're a bit stubborn, it's about having empathy for that. Mm. You know, how have they been managed in the past? Have they ever had a good coaching experience? Have they do a, they even know what good coaching is? A lot of organizations I deal with just haven't actually encountered it. Mm. So there's an instant fear of the unknown. Yes. So through my actions and myself, I have to demonstrate that I'm safe, um, they can confide, they can be honest, and that just doesn't happen straight away, you know, that trust, which is the key to good customer service and sales with a customer. You've got to build trust as quickly as you can. So I actually use the process. This is the, this is the beauty of it. This is the bit I love. I get them to use, I use the process on them that I want them to use on their customers. Yes, so and it's it's real. You're talking about real practical stuff. Real practical stuff. Of I got to engage them up front. I then got to manage their expectations, and then I got to ask questions and get them to open up and tell me honestly what they're thinking. So if they are fearful, if they are resistant, or if they don't think there's any value in this, I want them to be telling me that. Because then, if I get that truth from them, then. I can respond accordingly and I know what I'm dealing with. And it's honesty in the conversation. Mm, mm. And I think too many coaches who might not have the skill or they're just a bit afraid of going there to to the place of real honest conversation, it's probably because they just don't quite know the right questions to ask. Mm. And that takes time mm. and practice and trial and error and asking questions and getting mm. very negative responses and messing up and then learning from that. And then eventually you find ways. And sometimes, you know what, you have to try a whole lot of different methods for different individuals because what works Absolutely. for one person doesn't work for another. Yep. Two things came up for me around that question. One went straight to values. So if she gives the example of, of, of going to the gym. Yep. So I went straight to, okay, if I'm working with a player that I know needs to work on their, improve their fitness, I know it's going to help them get to that next level. I'll often start with values because our values drive our behavior. And it's a really great place to start because there'll be one value within that. Um, let's take, yeah. for example, if they, they chose uh, health. So they might not necessarily enjoy, say, fitness per se, but they value health. Yes. Then there's there's within that value, I can then help them explore that and go a bit deeper. Personalize the then that what's in it for them yes. within the context of of their values of, value. of what they value. 
which will you know which obviously shapes your attitude and yeah. and um and ultimately your behavior which which you know shapes your character so you know and i think for real change uh this is you've got to strip it right back and you've got to go back to that that real deep inherent um you know what are the blocks and what are those self-limiting beliefs to why they don't want to go to the gym and they and and, and that for me, always comes back to values because they form our beliefs. Mm. So that that's what came up for me. And then the other one straight away, I um, this is this is hanging out with my Scottish best mate, who is a, a marathon runner. And so looking at the date of this of this TED talk, she said to me, "Well, you you do realise that the Harry Haggis Marathon, okay, okay, let me go back a step. It is a team marathon. Thank goodness." <laughs> Okay, she goes. You do realize that's on like you know, like a couple of days before that, you know, that TED talk date, and and she goes, you know, um, yeah. Imagine, imagine if you, you know, imagine if you could, you know, share in my passion, and you know, running is not my thing. So, and you know, I recently fell off my bike, had had an argument with the tram lines, and came second. So, got a bit of a dodgy left ankle, and running's not really my thing. And then, of course. Someone puts it out there and the minute that I said yes and set a goal around that, the shift in my behavior and yes. my rehab, yeah, you know, when the physio says, you know, if you really want to get the, the little ligaments better and you want to, you know, really heal this ankle, then you need to do, you know, you know dorsiflex and plantar flex and you'll do that 10, you know, three sets of 10 and yep. you'll do it every day and you kind of go, yep, 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 sure, I'll, I'll do that. Oh, I'm, well, sure, I'm sure some of our audience knows what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've all had an injury, yeah. and we've all talking another language, but the physio. But you know, the concept of actually, where the physio says you need to do these exercises, and, and you really, you know, you're paying money for the physio's advice, yeah. so you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Well, the minute I set this goal, that was definitely outside of my comfort zone, straight away, you bet your bottom dollar, I've been doing my my exercises mm. because. You know, I ran around the tan yesterday, beautiful Melbourne day, and you know my, to... my ankle hurt, and yep. so it's like, okay, well, this is this is I need to embrace it. I need to because you're moving towards something, exactly something specific. Yeah, there's taps into my motive. I'm completely motivated. Uh, you know, in that example where I, I've just set a big goal, and I'm I've, I've always been a goal setter, and you know sometimes. People provide that that challenge for you that is out of your comfort zone, and if you can tap into finding or being motivated towards pleasure of that mm. end goal of you know the the finish, and you know it's, it's like begin with the end in mind. Yes, it's kind of like when you know where you want to go, then the 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 action steps become easier, and it does Absolutely. tap into and it does tap into one of my values, which is health, and in the preparation for this, I know that it's going to actually help heal my ankle, and and you know, being on my feet is a massive part of what I do. So I'm I'm I love that question. So, are you envisaging that TED talk? Are you already got visions in your head of being on the stage? Is that starting to formulate for you? It is because that's the I mean, and that's the bit I love that relates to, and I think the. We, you know, we talk about the parallels between sport and business and crossover, I think, is a universal thing. And no doubt high-performance athletes, we all know that's, you know, they envision themselves running the perfect race, the 100-meter sprint. 
the Wimbledon trophy. The Wimbledon trophy. Literally, you you envisage the environment, the noise, the sounds, the senses, the sweat, the hard work, the specific behaviours, how that makes you feel. Yes. And you project five years down the track, 10 years into the future. And then when you actually get close to that, you've already been there. Yes. So, and therefore, the clearer that vision, the more likely is of that coming True, mm. because you following on from what you've just said, the your behaviors, even unconscious, let alone the conscious, your unconscious behaviors will attract the things you need to fulfill that that purpose. I, I just had a vision of me in New York buying Claude Silver a coffee, <laughs> <laughs> talking tennis. Was I there? Was I there life. as well? Was I there? <laughs> No, I it, wasn't it is, there. Your bir- it is your birthday, I guess. I'll be tagging along <laughs> like a puppy no, dog. No, no, I'll tag you. Don't worry. In the post. <laughs> on, on Instagram. Speaking of post. Here's well, me in New York with Claude. How are you going? <laughs> Old school. We did send Claude a, uh, a thank you for being on our show. We hope you yes. enjoyed your Australian Open towel. It's been an absolute pleasure discussing your responses and we hope that uh, everyone really enjoyed it as much as we have today. Yeah, and we'd love to have, um, we've talked about a number of things, get onto our Facebook group, uh, leave your comments. We're on this mission to help uh, to help Emma Yeah, and her TED Talk. We'd love to hear about that, and we'd love to hear your responses to Claude's question, and uh, let us know your thoughts. Thanks, Emma. Thank you, Simon. Happy birthday, mate. Cheers. Big thank you to our featured guest, Claude Silva, Chief Heart Officer for Vayner Media. Claude was so generous with her time. I also want to give a big shout out to her team, especially Pierce and Danielle, for making it happen. Connect with Claude via Twitter at Claude Silva, that's C L A U D E. And also search for her name in LinkedIn. Send her a connection request with a note saying you heard her on the show and I'm sure she'll accept. Also, head to our Facebook group where you'll find a link to the YouTube video posted by Gary Vaynerchuk that profiles Claude in her role as Chief Heart Officer. This is where you'll also be able to access the bonus full extended interview that I had with Claude. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating and a short review on iTunes and also click subscribe to automatically download new episodes. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and Emma and I really appreciate your support. The Coaching Podcast is proudly brought to you by 5 Degrees, Australia's number one in quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. And thanks to emmadoyle.com.au, speaker, mentor, and performance coach. My name's Jane Neild, producer for The Coaching Podcast. Thanks for listening.